Christine here with The Co-Living Code and really excited to have Peter here. He is the pioneer at House in San Francisco. This is our first interview with somebody that is running this concept up in San Francisco. We know how crowded it is there. We know how housing is almost impossible to find. We've had friends that have moved up there and told us how hard it is. Um, so Peter will definitely go into detail about his amazing, amazing project project he has out up there. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm excited next time I'm up there to take a look. Um, so, and it's home as a service, which we'll definitely dive into that topic. Um, you guys have probably heard the acronym too, like housing as a service, um, and just kind of, you know, similar to software as a service, right? I think that housing and home is going to easily be a service, not just, you know, a piece of property you buy and have a 30 year mortgage on. I don't think any of us want that really anymore. These, this yeah. generation. So, okay, Peter, why don't you go ahead and tell us how you got started? Tell us more about your concept, how many locations. For sure, for sure. So yeah, I guess the first thing is to mention, like I'm out of, like a lot of people in San Francisco, I'm out of the tech sector. So I'm one of, uh, I, I would say my start in San Francisco came living in a hacker home, which was kind of, I think there's still quite a few here are startup homes. Um, but yeah, playing off the tech platform idea. So software as a service, you've got a lot of companies now, which are basically digital platforms like Airbnb, et cetera. And so playing from that, uh, yeah, home as a service became a thing. And I agree. It's, really at the core of it this is about access to home like we all need a safe place to come home to to connect to grow and it's about the people not just the physical space so that's kind of at the core of what we've created i would say uh for me starting this it's been a journey for sure of many different intersections of things i'm passionate about um but but five years ago i came to san francisco i lived in a hacker home and i just realized how amazing it was the kinds of minds and people you could plug into and that was really at the core of all of this i think that's the amazing piece like the way we're raised and we're supposed to live and uh you know we all got our own our own space and, you know we're separated um i think you miss a lot and i'm from a rural farming community in a very rural part of canada and i didn't have access to any of these things naturally like everybody i grew up with i'm supposed to be a farmer somewhere so meeting these kinds of people that I was able to get just by getting roommates, um, that it's life-changing. And I think a lot of people that I've met, especially here, that's what this is. It's giving access to a life that you dream of having, but it's all you need to do is just change your rent into say a membership in a home. So um, I think seeing that is where that came from. And then I'm really into sustainability, a lot of social impact issues. Um, I also grew up in construction, which comes in handy when you're, building physical spaces. So for me, this is an intersection in creating Haas. It's a vehicle to do a lot of good things, um, but really enjoy living my life while I'm doing it, so. And then how many locations total do you guys have? We have now three. We had been up to five, um, sort of startup typical challenges. So about a year, for about a year, we were about five and 50 members. We've now scaled back to three homes, um, about 22 to 23 members on average. Um, part of that, some it's team that lives in the home slash also just regular members that have all sorts of walks of life. Um, but yeah, three homes in kind of the Soma, latest home being in the dog patch of San Francisco. Nice, and then do you live in one of the concepts also? I do, I actually kind of float around all of the homes. Part of this is as well is not being tethered down. This also comes from the digital nomad kind of movement, which I've lived in and that's also, I guess, a big piece of this 
and I don't want to be locked down by a home. If I have an opportunity and an experience to have, I want to have a home wherever I am. So in San Francisco, it's, we're kind of doing a beta play on that, where I've probably lived in each of the homes, um, and hopefully in the near future, we'll have uh, homes in a few other cities as well. To You get a membership, but you can go wherever you want to be. So. And then do you guys have like minimum people can have to stay at least a month or is it pretty flexible? Uh, right now we're still being pretty flexible. Uh, it's, a, it's a month, but we're starting to move towards, we've gone from the early days just to get things going, being very Airbnb, which is you know nightly at times, weekly, but that's also fraught with a lot of issues. Most cities, that's not something you're, definitely can't do it in most cities now and definitely not in San Francisco. But that also doesn't lend itself to creating a real home when people are so uh, transitional. So we do allow people to move in for a month minimum, but we hope and often we see people stay much longer. And that's kind of our aim. And as we get more stable with that, um, we'll probably start making it harder to do the one month under maybe more special circumstances. Like, for uh, example, right now we're trying to help artists stay in San Francisco. So I'm, right now I'm actually in a collaboration house it's sort of a tech artist collaborative where we're subsidizing artists that want to stay so you'll have to be maybe you can't be a, a techie making really good money and stay for a month maybe no and i and didn't you i think there's some mention of that somewhere on your website right that you guys are trying to go more to, you guys are more like anti-tech even though your background is tech yeah yeah i am a tech i often joke that i'm you know one of the evil tech in San Francisco, it's almost a bad word to a lot of people outside of tech because there's a lot of social pressures here. Um, but it's more so that I want to give access. Like a lot of us in tech, you know, and many people, you know, we're from more privileged backgrounds that we were able to pursue this path. Um, and we are creating the future. and We have access to the capital and the opportunities that a lot of other people are more than capable to be a part of. And the truth is we need them. Like a lot of techies forget that without human needs somewhere being addressed, what we're creating isn't really valuable. So techies benefit by meeting real people that actually live in the world and do day-to-day -day things like the artists, like the people at the grocery store. So I'm trying to extend what I experience in these hacker homes and give access to people from all walks of life. So on that part of it, it's like, I think it's a way of really gluing together, helping sort of fix some of these divides we have in society. We don't need to be like the artists often would be against techies and the techies against the artists. But and I guess this home is an example of that. By bringing those people together, we can create a future that we're, is good for all of us. So that's kind of at the core of my mission with what I'm trying to do with this. So. I love it. That's awesome. And then do you guys, um, what's your evolution been like since you started a year and a half ago? Like, did you have to pivot your model a few times as you went? Yeah, you know, I don't know if the models had to pivot too much. It's been more of an experimentation of, uh, you know, the different types of people we've got in. Because I've tried to do a lot of things. I think I went a little bit too far in trying to help some people bring them into the home. Uh, and probably wasn't ready to handle some of the challenges other people, you know, some people have in life. Um, so I think it's been more about learning what boundaries I have to put into place right now in what areas, it's about focus really. So what kind of demographics can we focus on? What kind of service can we offer right now versus what do we have to put off for the future? So the model stayed relatively the same. We probably evolved our membership uh, guidelines and policies and experimented with different lengths and how we 
it's really building up how do we do the sales process really and bring how do we message this and bring people in because we're trying to change how people live a lot of our homes we're shared space so it's not it's not just uh living with a bunch of people and having a private room it's like we're sharing rooms often and uh we're creating different types like you know maybe they're common in japan and maybe in hostels in asia but we're trying to bring some of that here because again from the environmental perspective we waste way too much space and most of us we don't live in a city like san francisco to sit in a private living room by ourselves all day or our private room we need to sleep so we provide private space that you can escape to our we call them sleep pods right now but um other than that you know we're here to kind of meet and hang out and go explore the city and build ideas so that's a, but it's a change. So we're, uh, we're slowly finding out who's going to help us drive that change and get them in here first. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. And then let's see here. Do you guys host events? And if you do, do you let outside people come to those events? Yes. Uh, so we do host events. It's pretty important to us to try to make sure these homes, um, there's collaboration across the homes. Each home has a little bit of a different vibe and type of people we try to bring in. We try to let it, we want these homes to be, the members help create them versus us being the top down, here's what you're gonna get, here's your rules and whatnot. Um, so we have events that are just home specific, like home dinners and stuff like that, really try to encourage that stuff. But then we have various activities either out in the city or in our homes that we invite everybody from the homes, of course, but it's very open to anybody if they're open to anybody that wants to come often what we do is try to post invites to events that we're going to go to as a group or at our homes in the housing uh, facebook groups here in san francisco just to try to we want to get people in organically as much as possible and it's the best way to find out if you want to live in a home or if you know we're the right kind of people for you is just to come hang out with us um, versus it being much more transactional traditional business kind of process most definitely. And then is your co-working space, is it integrated in each home? Is it a separate area? Yeah. So a lot of the places, so one thing we're really mindful here is we try to be actually only in the luxury buildings that are in San Francisco, which often build in co-working spaces in external common areas. So you're also integrated within the building. Um, and a big part of that is that we don't want to be kind of adding to the pressure of the the rent controlled market here. But so our common spaces here are more for hanging out. The co-working stuff tends to be the common areas out in the buildings are really, there's just lots of great coffee shops that everybody works in here. So that's kind of, that's where you'll find me most of, most of my time. Every two hours I move to a new coffee shop, so. Oh, nice. And then um, are you in one of your homes right now? Is that the background or no? Where are you at right yes, now? Yes, I am actually. And this is, uh, so right now, actually, we have a resident artist living here. He's actually a native San Franciscan, and speaking to demographics, he's in his 70s. So he is using this home as basically his art salon to show his work. Um, and then there's a, we're in a district called Dog Patch, and there's a lot of, apparently, he's in the art scene more than I am, but apparently, there's a lot of things going on around here, right? Uh, but a block from us is something called the Minnesota Street Art Project which is basically uh, the art scene center of uh, San Francisco. So with this home, we're trying to bring those artists in. We're giving subsidized uh, memberships to two artists, um, then with him, and then also having the techies here so that they can meet and learn from each other and uh, kind of create experience around that in this home, so. And then demographic, so you said he's 70 years old? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I haven't asked him specifically, but through my, my own analysis, I'm, he's about 70 yet. 
So what is your range or what's your average age of a person like, or does it just like go the spectrum? <laughs> it, has, it has really gone the spectrum. So the, in the last year and a half, again, like it started probably more of the techie type and we had a hard time getting women in, let's say, whereas actually about two months ago I had a home that was all women. So it was, uh, we've really kind of, but again, it's trying to push towards that access to changing that demographic. So we haven't, we haven't been steady at any one per se. I would just say we're really mixed. Average age right now is maybe, let's say, 30. Um, but yeah, we've got anywhere from, we've had this young 20 to yeah, up to 70. So in the home I'm in right now, I would say actually the average age with all of that is maybe 45. The youngest being 35. So Cool. And then where do you see um, the future of, or what's your plan for the future of Haas? Yeah, for sure. So right now, I think over the next year, it's really going to be taking all the learnings I've gotten over the last year and a half and the team that I have helping me run everything and really solidifying these homes, ironing out the, the kinks that we have definitely experienced over time, trying to find out my, my view with technology with many things is technology isn't really a threat. I think a lot of people think it is. It's a way to free up people to focus on really human intrinsic activities. So I'm going to be using the next year myself, hopefully in the background, I, you know, I keep quite busy in the front end too, uh, building up the systems to allow people to not be spending time in spreadsheets and tracking and doing stuff like that, and just focus on hanging out and having fun with members. Um, so the next year is probably going to be mostly doing that through these three homes. But long term, uh, what I'm trying to really create is a, a platform, I call it a digital living platform, that enables people to kind of spin up these homes, not be locked down to the physical space, but um, I'd like to grow across San Francisco. I want to have a home in, back in Canada. I'm living back there at times now, so I'm hopefully in the next year opening a home there as well. One in Calgary, Western Canada, and one in Vancouver. Um, but long term, yeah, again, the idea is that you become a member and now you've got access to the home wherever you are. So and the home being more than the physical space. So that's the big vision. So. And then I had, and I know you guys are listed on coliving.com and I had Daniel Beck already on for an interview. He's amazing. Um, is that like, so what software, like, again, like I just would love like a really clean directory. Like I know he's handling the booking, but it's just yeah. like this directory that links all of them together. Um, do you know yeah. of anything yet or can you develop it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would be, I would, you know, if I, I would probably not be the right developer to do it. Um, I'm more from the product management, so I'm around ideas and building capacity. Some, but, um, but I know what you're looking for. So I think Daniel has probably got the best thing out there right now for gluing together what, there's Nomad List, which I'm assuming you're familiar with. I love like, Nomad List. Yeah. I want that, like that's what I would model, like I think would be perfect for co-living. Exactly, exactly. So I think that Daniel's probably the closest to anything that's really gluing us all together so far. But yeah, Nomad List, I would agree with you. It's kind of, and there's a lot of overlap there between what we're doing in the digital nomad movement. So um, yeah, those two would be the best resources right now for sure. Cool. I know. And I think, you know, just because I'm connected to so many different ones, I mean, I might just do a super, have my developer do like a super simple directory where you just click and learn more. Um, you know, that's not going to be so robust, but again, I, I'm sure one day somebody will develop it. Yeah, I don't want to be the yeah. one. And I know Daniel's worked years on his, um, and we use it also for the LA property. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So. 
And then um, last question, and this is the big one. Um, where do you see, Peter, the future of co-living in general? Yeah, I think, wow, it's, I definitely think it's going to continue to grow. I think that we've already seen this, like even with companies like Airbnb, you know, which is, I, I think there's, that's kind of a precursor to making this, normalizing this, to be honest. Like in San, San Francisco, when I came five years ago, um, anywhere else I'd lived, like the normal uh, average parts of the world, like there was nobody I knew that would at all consider doing Airbnb, whereas now everybody's doing um, I think that co-living is kind of at the first, the front of the wave. I think without something of like Airbnb or even the WeWorks of the world, um, we probably wouldn't have had the chance to drive this towards being more mass adoption, but I think that it is going to become more normal. And really this is a version, there's a lot of, uh, there's some videos out there that mock us how we've just invented roommates. Um, but I think that really this is a much better version of, really take i think that co-living becomes what roommates is now because everybody becomes more into this mindset it's about sharing connection versus transactional are you going to pay this portion of the utilities kind of thing um so i think it's i think it's got huge potential i think that it honestly is a grassroots movement in my mindset what i'd like to see it be that can solve a lot of the social challenges we have in this world you know we, if we're all more connected and understanding of each other a lot of the things that we're suffering through right now kind of go away because people maybe start helping each other overcome some of those challenges. And I don't know, to me, what's the point of living, having money, if it, you don't have great relationships in your life? So, and I think this is a way to help a lot of people find that because our social cultural construct right now, I think prevents a lot of us from getting what we need from each other. So. Oh, and on that note, what a, what a perfect ending, Peter. Thank you so much. We will definitely have all your contact information listed for Hass. And if anybody's in San Francisco to look you up. Um, and thank you again for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Okay, have a great day. Yes, thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.